Hello and welcome to Table Talk for another week. Thank you so much for joining us. Just to let you know this is live, this is not pre-recorded. So anytime you see something the slow down or stop, just hit the refresh button and you'll be back in it. Well, Table Talk is all about a midweek where we get to come together, interview some guests, and we also have a special message. Today's special message uh, from 8 o'clock onwards, we have Owen Brown. He's one of our pastors in Hamilton, Ireland, but he's also the national leader of the One Mission Society. So I'm so excited for that, that message at 8 o'clock, so stay tuned. But before we have Owen, we've got a very special guest. His name is uh, the Right Honourable Reverend Pastor Daryl Booth. Hello, Daryl Booth. Are you there? Hey, hey, <laughs> Hamilton, Elam, all from the Tron. How are you doing? It's so good to be with you tonight. Yeah, it's great to be back. So for those that don't know uh, about you, Daryl, because we've had obviously a lot more people arrive in our church when you left. So Daryl, oh, you, cool, you used to cool do people. a lot of things. So what kind of art? Uh, so you used to do, let's say you're, you were uh, an intern, then you're the children's pastor, the community pastor, the associate pastor. You pretty much did everything apart from women's oh, ministry. Um, I, I, I built fences. I painted rooms. I... <laughs> I put roofs on, garages, all sorts of things. But I can remember one of the greatest things I can remember for me um, at uh, Hamilton Elam in the old days in Kowai Street, the first job I ever had uh, when I was 15 years old was to fill the baptismal tank, uh, which was up on the stage back then. Yeah. Uh, and I remember the first time that I ever had to do it, I forgot to put the heaters in and it was freezing cold. Oh, hey, funny thing is oh, my first job as an intern was to do the same thing. And I did the same thing. I forgot that no one told me I had to put heaters in there. They should just fill it yeah. up. Yeah. Just fold it up. I know. I know. Look where we ended up. <laughs> yeah. Put us, <laughs> yeah. They put us in charge of churches. So, Daryl, you're, <laughs> yeah. you're the lead pastor of Pukikoi Elam. So, yes. uh, what have you guys been doing during this lockdown? Yeah. So, so it's been, to be, I've got to be really honest. I've actually enjoyed uh, kind of just maybe slowing down a bit, thinking a bit more, having a, having a bit more time. Enjoyed being at home. Uh, for the last five weeks, but but missing people so much. I am, yeah. I look, like you guys, we've been uh, really working on our online presence because because uh, uh, the reality is that church has changed. You know, um, church isn't cancelled. It's just uh, looks a little bit different for the season, and so that's probably probably the same as as many churches. Lots of online things, but but kind of now we're five or six weeks down the track, just looking to see how. You know, sometimes you, you can just get over things pretty quickly online. Eh? This you kind of get bombarded all the time. But but hey, we we are just so we've got a great bunch of people here. God's uh, brought some great people onto our staff and onto our team uh, in the four years since we planted here, and uh, just seen some great things happen. But I suppose one of, through the through the whole virus, and one of the things that's kind of surprised me once again that life continues on. Uh, you know, there's like people still passing away. People are getting yeah. sick, uh, losing their jobs and all those things, and it doesn't stop back. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so um, during this time, you and your family uh, stay in Torco, which is around the corner from Pukekoe. It's just pretty much like, yeah, it's pretty much the same place. Waikato District, eh? Hey? Same, yeah, you come back to the to the Waikato because you moved to Auckland. And yep. uh, you know, yep. and, and you couldn't you couldn't keep the Waikato boy out of uh, out of you, and, and now you're in Puki, pretty close. We we we're thinking of, of planting a campus closer to your area. Hell on, 
Come on, you should do it. You should do it. You know, one of the things I, I was out for my um for my big run this morning, just like you passed the ants, and I was running down by the river, uh, and and I was just like I knew I was in the Waikato because it was fog everywhere. Right, it's just awesome. <laughs> you're home. Right, how many k's do you run? Oh well, today I was a bit less. I only eleven point two uphill today. Oh, oh, okay, just eleven point two uphill. Okay, yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm yeah. just pleased I'm sitting down at the moment. <laughs> yeah, was that in a, was that in your scooter like the the, the yeah. scooter? Yeah, I'll show you my show you my shoes. I was just like pounding the streets and yeah. Oh, you didn't have as much drag like you, do I? You didn't have much drag there anymore. Well, that's because I run so fast. I think I run so fast that it's kind of just like getting taken off. Now, when it comes to back to Hamilton Elam, um, so you used to run like um, Super Kids. In fact, you set Super Kids yeah. up. You set up a yeah. preschool program, which used to be called Hip Hop, as we now call Super Kids Junior. Yes. There's so many programs that you run at our church, and you kind of um, you kind of sucked me in. So I was just kind of this guy trying to do his own thing, and you said, hey, come along. Would you like to help out? So you said, oh, sure, come help out. And then you left. Yeah. And you said, here you go. It's yours. And yeah. You left it in my lap. Yeah, well, what, what caught our eye with, with hip-hop is that it's just a great um, ministry when it started in the old days. Um, you know, I think it was in Kowai Street, so it's been going for quite a few years now. Uh, one of the things that, that we that we saw in your ants is that when you put on that tutu that night, that day, we thought, <laughs> well, you're one of the best-looking hip-hoppers, princesses that we've ever had. And we thought, well, people are going to come to know the Lord because of this guy. They're all going to want to come and see him. But, but that was just amazing, eh? Hip-hop is how that... Yeah. Um, come in and checked it out it was just and super kids that was just a, a birth out of a dream to reach community you know um uh, it's all about church all about reaching people reach serving and influencing our world and you know that people may know god or come to know him and and that's kind of the heart was all that so it's really exciting to see where it is uh today you know how it's growing yeah well just for those that know what hip hop is it's a preschool program where we do song and dance with kids and the parents and so so these days when someone asked me what i do for a living i said i, I said well i do i'm a little teapot <laughs> and then we do that most in fact um with this COVID 19 it's the very first time that hip-hop has stopped it's been yeah, going wow. ever since daryl you set it up was that back in wow. 2005 uh, well, yeah, I think it was around that because I think that we started the trust around, yeah, around that 2003, I thought 2004. Yeah. So that was one of the first things we did, eh? Yeah, that's right. And it's been going going ever since. And so we'll yeah, be keep wagging, we'll be flying that flag for you, Daryl. Yeah, go on. <laughs> so tell us about your history with Hamilton Elam. Like, um, like you went to Wales, just, you, you know, with, yeah. uh, with your with your dad, um, John yeah. Booth, who has been promoted to, to heaven yeah. last year, who was a senior pastor here. Could you tell us some of that, yeah. the journey, that story, how you first come to Hamilton? Yeah, yeah. Well, so we, um, so my my dad was as always was one of the, I think one of the longest serving Elam pastors. You know, about uh, nearly fifty years, I think it was, and uh, and you know, so we kind of moved around. My, my dad started in in, in Christchurch with uh, Gilbert Dunk, one of the guys that come out from the UK for uh, help Elam in New Zealand, and and uh, my dad got saved there with some other other uh, key people there in Elam over the years, and um, so then we we shifted to Nelson. Then we shifted to Blair. Uh, but um, but I, I call Hamilton was my hometown because I, I spent, you know, most of our uh, most of our life, well, my life there, about twenty five uh, something years, and and that was just a, an incredible time. But but what for me, um, Hamilton Elam, uh, what really sparked me was just um, 
when you think about um, back about Elam and how it started, it was was uh, out of these uh, out of the revivals in the UK and the Welsh revivals, and uh, especially from uh, one of the revivalists, George Jeffrey. So so we actually uh, had a couple of years in Cardiff, uh, right there in Cardiff Central. Uh, so Cardiff you were there way, way back in 1905, were you? <laughs> yeah, no, well, 1920s, I think it was. Yeah, or, or 1904 was even That's Roberts and uh, some yeah. of the Welsh revivals, eh? But, but I can, what, what really impacted me about Elam and, and was then we uh, one day in, in the Cardiff City Temple, we were cleaning up the storeroom and we, we, as we're cleaning up these, um, we found old wheelchairs and calipers and crutches and things like that. Wow. Like people would come in. So, so it's George Jeffries and these guys would hold 30 days of revival meetings in the city. You know, and then Cardiff, there, there was over 3,000 people saved and you know, miraculously wow. healed. Uh, and so they would obviously plant a church here on that for that was the Elam church. But, but it was just really captured me that while people come in one way, God miraculously, you know, was saved and healed and restored and they kind of left all of their their stuff behind, uh, you know, and uh, yeah, 60, 70, 80 years down the track, uh, you know, guys like me were coming in and cleaning this stuff out and thinking, wow, what are the history of Elam? And, wow. and so for me, that really sparked me for Know, for Elam and, and especially in, in Hamilton, Elam, that was kind of the real start. That was where we were hard. It was hard to leave Hamilton. That was our yeah. that was our heart. We thought we were going to be there for the rest of our days, but but uh, you can see how God just leads and guides and, and moves yeah. people around, and, and it was just an exciting time. That's incredible. That's incredible. Going away there to Wales and so much history of the Elam and being being um, in that environment. And so you, you you came back came back to Hamilton. And then you you uh, decided to do continue on an internship because when I met you for the very first time, it was as an intern. And in fact, uh, you and your family, Denise, she's an amazing woman, and your children, you guys really embraced uh, myself and Poro, and um, and basically one of the reasons why we we actually are leading is because of you guys gave us some opportunities. Wow. So so tell us where you guys went for the guys internship, and then you went into pastoring role, and what happened next. Yeah, so from uh, from there, there was an opportunity open uh, um, uh, up in Auckland uh, at uh, at a at a Elam Christian Centre in Botany, and and uh, and it was just a, a whole journey for, for us. There, I actually went there to manage the uh, the bookshop there at that time when it was still there, and I can remember coming home one night to say, uh, telling the kids, "Oh, wait, hey, what about shifting to Auckland?" They went, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, that's great." <laughs> And, uh, and, oh, you know, Botany, wow, fantastic, what a great church. And, and then they asked me what I was going to be doing. I said, I'm going to be managing the bookshop. <laughs> and and uh, one of my kids must have been about 10, and said, oh, since when have you been interested in a bookshop? Uh, but, but it was just really part of the plan for, for me, I think, for, you know, just uh, of God working in my heart. You know, yeah. when you're faithful in the small, he gives you more. So, uh, and, uh, you know, and as yeah, you're trustworthy and, yeah, yeah look after what he's uh, what's been entrusted into your hands there's a real blessing there so so for me i was in the bookshop for about 18 months and then i uh moved upstairs and looked after uh some of the the property side the management side of the uh the organite or elon christian center back then and uh and then kind of come in when uh, uh, a few uh, with some more staff changes there come in to help some of the ministry side with uh, pastor luke at that time as people went, uh, Steve went to uh, to Whangarei and Mike uh, Griff went into the city. And, yeah. and so we're doing that for a couple of years. And there was really the, the whole Cardiff experience and the Elam roots really kind of captured me then about you know, um, about what are we doing? We can, you know, overseas missions is fantastic and wonderful and there's a real heart there. But what about our own country? And yeah. and that was really probably the start of me where God was really placing on our, 
about Mount Planting Church and Mount yeah. uh, Planting and 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 uh, working hard on that area because uh, that's, that, that's who we are as Zealand. We're 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 church planters. We're people of the supernatural yeah. power of the Come Holy on. Spirit. You know, we go into cities and we see things happen. And yeah, and uh, you know, maybe, maybe it looks a bit different today. How how you know, um, some of those things happen, but we still believe that that's even what we carry. Yeah, absolutely. In fact, um, when I started my internship, you were my supervisor, and I remember as yeah, my supervisor, you're always, to, <laughs> you're always trying to get me to read books, and you used to always say, <laughs> uh, uh, "Leaders are readers." all the time and then you went off to do and I, look i want to let you know I'm, i read books now i'm pretty good it takes me only like about uh just a month and i, I think that's pretty good because on the cover it says three to four years so like, <laughs> i'm doing well yeah 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 well, so you guys went to to the um the metropolis of auckland yeah and then um now then you went off and you planted you mm. went and planted in pukekoe so tell us the challenges because because it was it was it was almost like a traditional plant where you had to start everything from scratch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What, what, a, what a great great season, you know, of just uh, you know stepping out in faith, trusting the Lord, and but working hard as well. You know, I I was working the phones pretty hard, and then finding out you know if anybody knew anybody that lived in Pookie there, and but but Elam Christian Centre, um, you know, Pastor Luke in Maryland, and and we've just been uh, incredible there, just uh. Know, to re be able to resource and the support and it was just just a really incredible uh, experience really and and but um, but it was just amazing where we started we found a theater about a month out I hadn't got a venue to, to get started and and uh, but we found this theater and and uh, an art season it was just been a fantastic about pack up sit down you know uh, early starts 6 30 starts setting up for church and and yeah. God's been so good, man. man I, I used to, um, you know, just uh, before we uh, just shifted to our new facility, we, um, I, I remember just standing out the back of this old theatre and just like there's, uh, you know, the place was pretty full. God's walks brought people in, and I'm just standing there, just like, wow, wow, God, you're, you're incredible. Yeah. You know how? You know, why do these people want to stay? Why do they want to come here? And the only thing I can say is that, like, well, God, when it's just a, uh, you know, the power of God. They, I've always believed that God, He's the one who builds the church, and we we got to work hard and hear what he's saying and and so so that was, it was really hard work and and it's amazing um, the people that God brought in you know people from all around the world come to a little old Pukekohe but yeah. for us it was really strategic as well you know that that uh, Auckland the city is kind of moving further and further out and and uh, one of the incredible things is with uh, Pastor Luke was able to buy we bought down twenty four acres of land the dream that I really carry in my heart was that uh, you know, was that that if you've ever been to Botany there, it was amazing. It's an incredible Christian school and Christian college. And and so uh, amazing provision, miraculous provision out here, 24 acres of land and got an application into the Ministry of Education now just waiting for, for that to happen. But, but it was that whole thing of the, you know, it's almost like the circular life here. You know, where, where I'd like to see uh, my, my kids, uh, yeah. children, have a great Christian education and, they find their life partner, they get married there, they have grandkids there and, yeah. and they come through a power zone and all the programs of youth group and Christian education and, and one day they bury me out the back. You know, it was just like, that, that's what life, doing life together is. Did you but, say burying you out the back? <laughs> burying me out the back, yeah. <laughs> that, that, that's all, uh, pe people doing life together, committing uh, yeah. to something but for life. And, and and it was, I think, the other thing that was impressed on my heart was that that's, now, how does a city, um, how do we transform a city? I think, you know, God could turn up tomorrow and 
30,000 people and get saved and yeah, you know the power of God and, and believe in and, and you know pray for them but from what I've kind of seen it's uh you know people committing their lives to it to a city to neighborhoods and year in and year out growing and increasing the influence of the local church you know the hope of the world uh, in their city winning people for the uh, you know, not just people coming from other churches, but yeah. but seeing people saved, you Come know, on. every week. Uh, you know, I, I think you know, and then educating our children um, to be uh, to be not not nerds, but to have a great education, yes. but to love Jesus in every sphere sphere of uh, of our community. And I, I want to see our city transformed and and uh, with in the name of Jesus. And Come I believe on. the church. Is the, is the hope of the world. And just like in Hamilton, that's, you know, Elam Christian Center, that's what Hamilton City needs. It, yeah. It's the Hamilton City, and that's the hope of Hamilton right there. Come on. Awesome. You guys, uh, you, and, you and Denise are um, one of um, Minor Portal's closest friends that we have, and it's great. We can have a lot of laughs, um, and uh, we can pull uh, have a bit of uh, uh, fun with one another, um, and we do a bit of challenges from time to really? time. Oh. And um, you did challenge me um, a few weeks ago. In fact, it was a it was a challenge. What was it? It was like got to eat an egg, um, some sugar, <laughs> and some vinegar. Yeah. Did you do it? No, I hadn't done it because I didn't have any vinegar because uh, of the lockdown. Oh no, eggs. I had no uh, eggs. The eggs. But just for you, I've got some sugar. I've got some vinegar, and I've got an egg. And I'm gonna do this challenge right here, right now. Yeah, so, have, have we got somebody to check that that really is vinegar though and stuff? This is, vinegar. This, is real? this is organic. It's organic oh, vinegar. It's this not like LMP, is it? <laughs> this, this is organic vinegar. I can get my I can get Portal, my on. wife to check it. I, I believe in you. I believe in you, Pastor Ants. You've got this. Do it. Do so, it. Do it. So what's the order? What's the order I got to do this in? Oh, I think yeah. I think yeah. You swallow, swallow. Uh, it, it, you can choose. You can choose. I just want to see you do it. Then, and then it's the the sugar. Yeah. Yep. And it's the vinegar. Yep. No messing around though. No messing around. Like two seconds in between. Just go bang, two bang, bang. Seconds. Yeah. Come on. Okay. Here we go. Here we go. This is this is for you. You you called me out a few weeks ago. This. So I'm I'm just kind of bowing down to peer pressure. Past the peer pressure. So here nice. we go. Here's come on. Eggs. Do it. So egg, Do sugar, it. and then the vinegar. So this is vinegar. This yeah, is organic vinegar. Bang, so bang, bang. I've got the best thing in the, in the white kettle. See? Come on, you can go. do this. You can do this. Ready? Yeah. Great. Do it. Three, two, <laughs> okay, one. Three, two, one. Do it. Oh, man. Sugar. Oh, yeah, sugar. That's it. Down it all. That's it. Munch it up a little bit. Munch it up a little bit. Okay. 1,001, 1,002. Okay, now vinegar. Come on, it'll make your hair grow. Oh. Hamilton Elam, I think you're witnessing something very special here. There's not that often that pastor answers speechless. Very, very cool. Oh, yeah, have a sniff of the vinegar. It's awesome. Don't do this at home. <laughs> oh, oh. Come on, well done. Well Where's done. Oh. Yeah, come on. Come on. Three, two, one, go. Oh. Hang on. 
Well, how big was this glass? Awesome! Wow! 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 Brilliant! Brilliant! Oh, I like. Yeah, I know you. You can be an emotional guy sometimes, and it's just like I love that about you. How you're just soft-hearted, and you're just uh, amazing. Okay, <laughs> I didn't realize how terrible that was. So thank, thank you so much to Daryl Booth for um, introducing me to this uh, this game of yours. I have called you up to do a twenty five push up challenge. Yeah, yeah. I see well, it, I'll do I'll, your I'll, challenge. You want me to do? Should I do them now? <laughs> no, 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 no. You put it on. You can put it on Facebook, and we can do the challenge. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. This is what we do in lockdown as pastors. Have a bit of fun. We call each other out. So Come Pastor New from Christchurch called me out for the push up challenge. Yeah. So now I'm, I'm calling up the Pukekohe lead pastor. <laughs> Here we go. Uh, well, anyway, um, before before we get into our challenge, we, we do actually have a challenge. I, I do want to talk about, you're talking about your children. Now, you are a second generation pastor with uh, with um, the father, uh, John yeah. Booth, uh, very close to us as well. Um, but your daughter is also a pastor, third generation yeah. pastor. Could you share... Yeah. What's it like being three generations of pastors? Yeah, yeah, absolutely incredible. And that's you no, know, because um, you know, Dad passed away in July, and and it was a, it was an incredible experience there. Um, just that that that. Uh, so it was amazing how uh, when my dad was about uh, I think about eighteen, uh, a man come from Guernsey, which is way over in the UK, a little island off the UK, come out to settle in New Zealand. The second day he was in New Zealand, he met my dad. Uh, and invited my dad uh, that, that weekend to go to church. Uh, my dad uh, got got saved, gave his heart to the Lord, changed his life, and uh, and he ended up becoming a pastor. And and myself, and now my daughter, and, and and it just really struck me how how that what we do today can affect the generations to come. You know, the decisions we make today uh, that can affect not just your kids but their kids and their future. And and it was just incredible to think that through one conversation, one invitation, that my life was changed yeah. you know, over 60 years ago. Wow. Uh, and, wow. And, it's, uh, and it's a powerful thing. So never underestimate you know, the power of that invite and the power of people, your, your neighbors and people around you that may not know the Lord. Um, just, just that, you know, when, when, when people make those invitations, you know, that it's, it's so true. The word of God can change your life. And it can change the next generation and the next generation and the generations after that. Things can be turned around through one conversation. Your, your words are really powerful, those yeah. invitations. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah, it's, it's feel very proud. Very proud. Yeah. How, how old is Bailey, your, your daughter? That's a, uh, that's she's a, I think she's about 23. Uh, so she's our. Um, Good thing you know your birthday off by heart. Yep, 26 of July, 96. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah, so she's, uh, she's our, our power zone pastor, our children's pastor here, yeah. and uh, the majority of her days, she's uh, also the the um, uh, in England Christian Center, our creative uh, director, yeah. uh, sorry, our communication. So very, very amazing. Fact, what she does, she blesses the whole Ela movement, and so even myself included, we kind of steal all her ideas and implement them down here, and all her 
her team there. They're actually they're blessed the healer movement. So she she's a blessing to all the movement, to the whole movement, should I say? Yeah, and, and that's the heart. That's the heart of Pastor Luke. Pastor Luke in Maryland, that where you know where the Elam Christian Center is here yes. to serve our nation and to serve to serve our Elam churches around the country as well. So don't never be shy uh, to, yeah. to pull up and, and see what we can do. Eh? Pastor Luke, he's the general. The general. Yeah. I love to call him the general. Yeah. Could you tell us some of the things that he's achieved, just really briefly, like you know your campuses yeah. and the schools and things like. He, it's incredible what he has done. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, uh, it's it's been amazing. Six six campuses now, and then we've uh, with the online campus too. That's now seven, and that'll continue running for us. And and you know, we we we've got a that we uh, that we build, we grow to um, to ten thousand people attending uh, one of our campuses over a weekend. Wow! Uh, but some of our beginning of the year, we have had a great start to the year pre virus, um, and. Uh, and you know, around around four and a half thousand people upwards were were attending a, a campus uh, yeah. uh, just after Christmas and this. So it's been a great start to the year. And, but that's just the harder. It's not about just growing a crowd. It's about people being, you know, becoming uh, picking up the habits and knowing Jesus and finding freedom, discovering purpose, making a difference. It's all of those things. Um, but the, but the harder the the matter yeah. is, is it, it's about people. People matter to God. Yeah, and and, come on. Uh, and that's uh, and we're gonna believe that we're gonna you know that should be something that drives us. The people are at the harder heart of the gospel. You know that why why Jesus come for for people for the ones for the neighbours for the for the kids at school for the university and for the elderly. And uh, and yeah. it's amazing. There's the, the school campuses as well, which is just uh, I think over thirteen hundred kids or children from campus from year uh, year zero wow. to. Year 13, um, state-of-the-art facilities. Um, Pastor Luke is a man of faith with buildings and properties, and uh, and uh, and it's just heart for people and heart for God is just. We, we feel very. Denise and myself feel very uh, privileged, very blessed uh, to be able to just be in a season where where we can learn from him and and, and just uh, the amazing staff. The other lead pastors here are um, unbelievable, yeah. absolutely incredible people uh, in this place. But but hey, at the end of the day, you know, Pastor Luke, it's great to have all. Uh, all these facilities and schools and ministries and things like that. But but at the heart of Pastor Luke will always say at the end of the day, it, it's that people matter to God. Church is yeah. the hope. Church is, is to be the, uh, you know, a centre of hope, a 24-7 place where people can come, uh, you know, to hear uh, about the good news of the gospel. Eh? Fantastic. One of the smartest leaders around. Yeah. I'm just looking at some of our chat we've got here. We've got uh, Nikki Myers. She's uh, she's loving it, loving our table talk out there. So hello, Nikki Myers, and um, we've got someone here saying that Daryl, you should uh, have the same haircut as myself. So someone's putting it out there. Oh, yeah. Where's that Yeah, that is actually. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there you go. Okay. There you go. Here I thought put it with my friend too. <laughs> Here's the challenge. Okay, I know you got to go. You you you've got your next stream uh, meeting, or, or you know, yes, to the in, in two minutes, Pastor Ants. <laughs> so we've got a challenge. It's a new segment. Normally we have a bit of trivia. So what what we're going to do today, instead of doing a bit of trivia, is that um, is that uh, Puro has uh, messaged out five dad jokes, five to me and five to Daryl. So I don't know what his ones are. He doesn't know what mine are. So the challenge is we're going to take turns reading it one by one. 
And if we make the other person laugh, even a little smirk, no, I mean, it has to be straight face, that's one point to that person. So here we go. So when we get, here we go. Okay, I'm, so I'm watching you, Daryl. I'm watching for- Be fast, fast, Rand. I'll go first. Yes. Okay. Daryl, do you need to build an ark? Well, I know a guy. I know a guy. I know a, know a guy. Okay. <laughs> Right, right. You, you, you better watch out. You're going to get it. You're going to get it here. So, Pastor Anthony Gilbert covers. Which Bible character had no parents at all? Was Joshua son of Nun? Oh yeah, I get that. That that's yeah, that, that that was pretty good. That was good. He, yeah, that's right. He was son of Nun. Well done. Well, at what time of the day? Was Adam created? A little before Eve. A little before Eve. <laughs> okay. Okay, yeah, yeah, here you go. Okay, okay, here we go. Here we go. Uh, Pastor Anthony. What car did the wise men drive to see Jesus? It was a hundred accord like yours. Oh, because the Bible said they all came together and there was a laugh. There was a smirk. There we go. I just won. <laughs> okay, you can have that one. Okay. It was only you you you, you kind of got me off guard when you said like yours. Okay. Okay, you can have that one. <laughs> okay that's uh, one, one to you. Okay. Here we go. Who was the greatest comedian in the Bible? Samson, he brought the house down. He brought the house down. Mm. He brought... Come on, that's mm. funny. Come on. Yeah, yeah, that, that's hilarious. And Pastor Ed says my last one. Here we go. Here we go. Okay, here we go. Here it is. Why couldn't Jonah... Just trust the ocean. Why, why couldn't Jonah trust the ocean? Why? Because he knew there was something fishy about it. <laughs> okay. That's okay. Um, okay. Here we go. Last one. This is to get my points back. Okay. Good try. Did Eve ever have a date with Adam? No, because they just had an apple. An apple. An apple. Well, anyway. <laughs> okay, Daryl, you've got this. You won the first challenge. So we'll give it to you. Our first battle. So, uh, <laughs> well, thank you so much, Daryl, for coming on Table Talk with us tonight, spending the evening with Hamilton Elam. I know you've got to go. So say your final, what's it, what's it like to say before you leave to go to your worldwide audience at eight o'clock <laughs> oh hey hamilton elam i love what a great church what a great city i love the waikato uh you guys have got some of the best pastors uh on the planet uh pastor yelter and anson put are just incredible people they are amazing people so so we love you lots hamilton elam we'll see you at war maybe a conference coming up we'd love to see you there 
this so good. But bless you, everybody. We're praying for you for great things in Hamilton. Bless you, everyone. Fantastic. I'm looking forward to seeing those push-ups. Hello. <laughs> wow. Well, it was so good having uh, Daryl with us um, and sharing a little bit of what, what they've been up to there in Pukekohe. Fantastic. I'm still feeling a little bit um, queasy about his little challenge there. At least my push-ups, that it's not going to affect your intestines. Um, so, fantastic. Well, just also let you know, um, anytime during the service you need prayer, we've got a team that, um, that's standing by for prayer that who, are, who are waiting to, to pray with you and for you. So, all you got to do is hit the prayer button, and we've got a team, and it's purely confidential between you and the prayer team. So, please, 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 anytime during the service you need prayer, our team will be praying with you. Fantastic. Well, I'm really looking forward to Pastor Owen Brown. He is uh, one of our pastors in Hamilton Elam, but he's also the One Mission Society national leader. So he's bringing us the message. So we're handing it over to Owen Brown. Hello, Owen. Hi there. Good evening, everyone. And uh, no, I'm not going to quote too many of those one-liners. And I'm not going to... Uh, Take up the eggs and the sugar and vinegar. Sorry. Sure, got some leftover. Got some more, some yeah. cider. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm glad you don't. Don't ever try that. That's terrible. Um, yeah. Bit of leftover. So anyway, um, I'm looking forward to the message. So thanks so much, and uh, we'll see you at the end. Thank you. Well, how's everyone going? Fast food stuff? Flicks today, well, Avalon went out and got uh, got a real coffee. So that was our, our day out. We enjoyed it. So today, who remembers last week's message from Elliot? 1 Peter 1 9. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. God's special possession, the priesthood, and how we are the priests, God's ambassadors, God's representatives, God's authority. And so I, I picked up on that, and I just want to pick up on the second part of, of that verse in 1 Peter 1 9, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. That's us that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. And tonight I want to talk about how God calls us. And often in times of difficulty that I've found over the years, and in times of change, times of crisis, times of COVID-19, and I've been listening or, or trying my best to listen to what God is saying to me and, and calling me, in a new way. I knew a man many years ago, 35 years ago actually, living in Alice Springs, Australia. And God came calling. And when God called that man, he was never the same again. How would he know? How do we know that God is calling? What is he calling to? What's God calling out of? And a number of different ways in scripture that God calls and God is calling. We're just going to look at a few of those tonight. 
and I'll relate a few of my own experiences of how God does that. Firstly, there's the call of invitation. God called Adam when he said, where are you? God was desiring a, that intimate relationship with Adam and Eve. And so he came calling as he normally did in the cool of the day. And he was looking for Adam and Eve. Where are you? And that same call is for us today. God called Samuel, called Mary, the, the, the disciples and many others. In Romans 1.6, it says, and you are among those who are called to belong to Jesus Christ. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior tonight, God is calling you. And I pray that you may be able to hear God's voice in your, in your conscience tonight. So we see that the main call of God is to salvation. God calls us to salvation and a life with him. And everyone is called to belong to Christ. But we must respond. Girls, if some handsome hunk rings you up and invites you out on a date, it's not going to happen if you don't respond. And that guy... Vanilla Springs. A, a young lady rung him up and invited him to a barbecue. And that's what you do in Alice Springs. You go out to barbecues. But the amazing thing was that that guy, when he went to that barbecue, he noticed that they were all Christians. And they weren't drinking. They were happy. And there was something different about these people that, that got his attention. And no, he didn't run away because they were Christians. But he heard the message that says, those whom I love, I rebuke and discipline. So be earnest and repent. Here I am, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person and they with me. I found out later that was from Revelation 3, 19, 20. We are called to accept salvation, but we must respond to that call to make salvation a reality. That man accepted the call and became Owen Brown. Owen Brown is a different person to that man before that. The second call is calling on or calling to God. Romans 10, 9 to 13. If you declare with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Verse 13, for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. I found that. Owen Brown found that. And he's never been the same since. The calling on God includes prayer. Praying, talking to God, 
and God talking back to us. That was my prayer that I would declare with my mouth. And I pray that Jesus, you are Lord, come into my heart. And I believe that Jesus, you died for me. And I take hold of that, that I was saved and still am saved. Thirdly, call of name. There's many times in scripture it talks about this. And so I'm just going to briefly look at that now. So God gave a name to all his creation in Genesis. He named the earth, the water, and the animals, all those things. Name gives meaning, it gives value, it gives purpose and identification. The priests that we heard last week, the, the priest gives us that, that identification of who we are as Christians. It gives us authority, gives us purpose, gives us meaning in life. God named Adam, Jesus, and many others. But sometimes we see in scripture that he adds meaning to their names. Abraham in Genesis 13 means exalted father. But God added to his name, calling him Abraham, meaning father of many. That, that ham, many theologians will say, is the, is the, the breath, breathing out the, the ha, the Holy Spirit aspect that came into Abraham's life. Sarai, who became Sarah. Both names mean princess. But Sarah means the princess of nations and kings. She was, she was brought into a, a, a higher level, a, a greater place of who she, she was, her identity in God. My name, Owen, is a Welsh name, meaning young warrior or high born. All my life before that, all my life up to 35, I was fighting myself, fighting something. I didn't know what I was fighting, not knowing who I was. I never took hold of that high-born high aspect of the meaning of my name. But when I see now who I am in God, I learned that Owen is derived from John, the New Testament name John. And the, and the Old Testament, the Hebrew name is Jonathan. It means gracious gift from God. And so when I learned to, to know who and what I was, the gracious gift of salvation to me, the gift of God, it changed who and what I was. I learned in later years that my father named me Owen after a, a man that he grew up with and a man that he went off to the Second World War with. Owen Amor was his name. He was killed beside my father in the Italian campaign when they took a direct hit from a German panzer tank. And when I learned that, something just went straight into my soul because I realized that Owen Amor died for me and I was named after him. 
And that gave me a greater meaning that Jesus died for me. And for me now, that has much more meaning of the death of Jesus for me. So who and what are you? I pray that you may get a revelation tonight of who and what you are in Christ. We are called by his name. In Isaiah 43, 1, it says, Do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by my name. You are mine. So God says that when you accept Jesus as Lord and Savior, you are mine. End of story. So what is your name? Ego, fear, resentment, self-pity, unforgiveness. I was all of those. But they was all taken care of on the cross for me. A new name doesn't come until we say the old one and let it go. Fourthly, we have a call to a vocation or work. People are called to a particular vocation, uh, which is rare in scripture, the specific call. About a hundred people in scripture were called to a particular vocation. Noah, Moses, Abraham, Paul, the disciples. Sometime God, God calls us out of one vacation to another. One work and into another work. But more often, and I'm speaking from my own experience as well, God calls in that vocation, that work that we do. And he uses the gifts and the skills that we have. I was a builder. I was a builder building houses and etc. up until I was 50 years old. And I still am. I'm a builder now of people, people's lives and their callings. That's what I do. I build people. But he can change the direction of, of your vocation. And that can happen in times of Crisis, times of uncertainty, times of change, times like COVID-19 situations where God wants to speak it into us, into our lives in a way that we may not be able to hear at other times. And that's certainly been true for me. Fifthly, we are called to service. I was working in the outback in Australia from, out from Alice Springs. We would work up to 800 kilometers from Alice Springs and I'd often be out for two or three weeks at a time. I was working on the Aboriginal communities and I saw the need on those communities, some of those communities. At that time, they had what they called wet and dry communities. The dry communities was, was an alcohol ban. The wet communities was anything wet. And the, many of the Aboriginal people had problems with petrol sniffing, drugs and, and alcohol abuse and, and everything else that, that went along there. 
And I would look at it and I'd say, what is the answer for these people? I found the answer for them and for me. But I had a desire to learn more. I knew I had practical gifts, but spiritual gifts, I didn't see that. But long story short, I was called to go to Bible College. Bible College of New Zealand, as it was known at that time, Laidlaw College in Auckland, where I studied for three years to prepare for what I believe God was calling me to. I learned that God gives and blesses and uses all gifts and all abilities. The ministry gifts are not more important than others. I learned that many so-called secular jobs, teaching and so on, can be a ministry that God has called us to. Ephesians 4, 7 and 11 and 12 says, but to each one of us grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. God uses our gifts and abilities, whatever they may be, to serve him. He has a plan for our vocation, our work. And sometimes he can change that direction. So what is God saying to you here at the moment? What has caught your attention? Is it a call of invitation to come to him? Maybe to get to know him in a new way, in a closer relationship? Is it a call on God? Is God speaking to you now where he wants you to, to spend more time with him in prayer and be hearing, hearing him calling to you even? Is, he, is it a call of, of name? Is God wanting you to know who and what you are in him? Is it a call into a change in your vocation, a change in your work, a shift? Or is it a call to service? Is God wanting you to serve him in some way? True love serves. I've heard that somewhere. So how do we know we're living and doing what God desires? We know in God's word that his first and second priority is loving God and loving people. I learned how to love. When I was 35, my life was a mess. I didn't know how to love. I didn't even know how to, how to weep. God taught me that. He called me to, to minister to a young lady for seven years, straight after I was saved. She was blind and deaf. But to, to see her come to the, know the Lord as Lord and Savior, that just warms my heart whenever I think about it. Today, she's 
the wife of a of a hearing impaired pastor in California. Loving God and loving people. Then thirdly, we're to make disciples. We start by caring for our family. 1 Timothy 5.8 says, If anyone does not provide for their relatives and especially for their own household, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. And so how are we to know? How do we to know this calling? We see the guidance through the Holy Spirit. We see the needs of the world. And maybe as I... You, you may need to do what I did. You may need to ask God to give you a love for people, a desire to, to serve him. God will use your gifts and abilities. In Romans 12, 6 to 8, it says, we have different gifts according to the grace given us. We can be grateful and thankful for whatever gifts God has chosen to give us. And I found that God will use your truest desires. What is really your, your deep desire to do for God, to serve him? And God will use it. The true aim of Christians is to serve for the common good. So what are we to do? We have heard that first we must accept his call. And I can tell you that when you accept his call to salvation, he sets you free. I was wonderfully set free of the many bondages in my life. John 8.36 says, if the Son sets you free, you'll be free indeed. And then you may need to, to ask. John 16.24 says, ask and you will receive. Ask and you will receive. And we're to honour God. In Ephesians 4, 1, it says, Paul says, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. And if you're taking notes, I urge you to, to read the whole of Ephesians chapter 4. Being faithful for what, where God has placed us and what he's called us to. Faithful means trusted, reliable, believing. So maybe you're feeling a tug here tonight. Maybe you're feeling a tug about the call of invitation to come to know him as Lord and Saviour. Maybe you're feeling a tug to spend more time with him, to call on God and to ask him. Don't be afraid to ask him. Maybe you need to call a call of name knowing who and what you are in God. Maybe you're sensing God saying something to you about your vocation and your work. There's people here willing to, to pray for you. Maybe God is saying something to you about serving him in some way. Let's pray. Father, I thank you and praise you for the call that you have. Sometimes you, you call us out of things and sometimes you call us into things. 
And I pray for every person here tonight that, Lord, you may help them to respond to you. Lord, help them to realize that you're prompting them in maybe one of these areas. And, Father, I pray that you may bless every person here with the call of life, the call on their lives. In Jesus' name. Amen. So this Sunday, I'm going to be talking about women in ministry. Should they be in ministry? So praise God. Fantastic. Well, uh, but as, as, we, as we close today, I want to encourage you again, you know, uh, just keep getting closer to God. He loves you. He's there for you. Uh, praise God. Well, praise God, everybody. And we'll see you all again this Sunday. Okay, hello, have a great rest of the night. God bless everyone.